This episode is part one of two. The conversation was recorded at the end of July 2021, and it will include discussion of racism, sexual coercion, gun violence, colonial violence, and more. You may also notice some sound quality issues. My guest actually had microphone issues during our conversation that created some lower quality sound. It might sound kind of like a lisp coming through the audio. I hope that isn't too distracting, and I hope that you enjoy the conversation. You are listening to the Hammer and Pistol podcast. Uh, this is a project about firearms for the working class. My name is Alejandro Cienfuegos. Thanks for listening. Today I have a Soju Operator with me. Uh, Soju, thanks for joining me. Could you please uh, describe a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of why you're here today? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a fellow leftist gun owner, um, shooter, whatever you want to say. Um, I'm here on behalf of uh, my group, Yellow Peril Tactical, um, and we're just here to talk about uh, just kind of the firearms industry, I guess some training, uh, the current state of leftist gun culture, I would say, and then just talking about, I guess, current events. Yeah. Oh, man. Leftist gun culture, the current state of that. That's uh, that's quite a topic to talk about. Yep. You could probably write a book on that. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about Yellow Peril Tactical. Yeah, certainly. Um, so Yellow Peril Tactical, we are a... Kind of, we are a, a dedicated leftist, Asian American leftist gun owning uh, organization, and we're um, we're not really any located in any one place. We are kind of a, a loose association among people that we know, friends, and we're all over the country. So, our goal is basically to be a good, re- a great resource for firearms education from a leftist perspective, and enlightening people on sort of Asian history, Asian American history that we don't often hear about. And uh, we primarily do that through our social media account on Instagram, which is uh, Yellow Peril Tactical on Instagram. And we like to put out training tips out there for people. We want to be a resource for pretty much, you know, all leftists, but really uh, Asian Americans, right? Because we feel from our experiences, our collective experiences, that a lot of the times Asian Americans are uh, ignored, neglected, and too many kind of fall in sort of the right wing trap, as if that like you had that's like the only way to really be part of gun culture, sort of the sort of really reactionary right wing um, side of it. So primarily, we're we're here to be an educational resource. We've done things like you know posted tips online, videos, and we've led dry fire sessions for, well with people through you know through uh, video calls and such, and we've done fundraising as well through that. So we'll do giveaways, we'll do uh, you know, attend a dry fire session, donate money, and all that money goes into a great cause. So whether that be helping, you know, YPG uh, people in Syria, or uh, in you know, raising money for just local uh, local uh, mutual aid organizations. So we've done a lot of good work in that front. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I've definitely seen uh, you guys. I I follow you on my personal account on Instagram, and I definitely love the 
the content that you guys are putting out. I um, I've also seen those like seminars that you put on for dry fire and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. I also, uh, you know, I, I learned about you guys through the red dot district podcast back in March. Of right. Yeah. 20, whatever year this is 2021. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot about that. So uh, for the listeners, please give that a listen. Again, that's the red dot district podcast. And, right. Uh, yeah. It's an episode with yellow peril tactical and with, uh, with Soju. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot for joining today. And I definitely would love to hear more about the group and what y'all do. But today we are going to take uh, a little bit of a mask off look at the firearms industry. And yeah. um, I know, uh, I, I know your background, obviously, um, depending on how comfortable you are with sharing certain details. I myself work within the, the industry as a trainer. I have an inside look in, in, in the industry. We'll just, we'll just put it that way. And I've had to, through my experience, I've seen it from a training side. I've seen the gun industry from a uh, retail sales side. On, and of course, the social media digital side, among among other things. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I haven't, I have, I'm not, I'm, I'm by no means someone that's been in there for like all my life or anything. But I think I've had a glimpse and pretty good inside look at a different various levels of the industry. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I know that from my own personal experience, um, and I'm I'm sure you would probably agree with me. I. The, the people who run the firearms industry and uh, the people who are the face of the industry oftentimes are like the shittiest people that you could ever hope to encounter. Would you say 110%, that's a true 110%. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I know that I've, I've encountered just some of the worst politics, the worst uh, attitudes, behavior, so on and so forth. Uh, there seems from my perspective to be like this just like super fetishized uh notions of violence and it's honestly pretty disgusting it's pretty sickening to see that uh what um what's kind of your like overall impression of of the the industry at large and and kind of who dominates it yeah um describe the gun industry on the whole it's like it's like that kid that wasn't allowed to be to join in that four-player game when you're playing smash and what if that person just never grew up? That's kind of what the gun industry is, right? It's just a bunch of uh, <laughs> really immature uh, dudes, man, children, if you will. And uh, they get really good at their craft. Don't get me wrong. They're excellent shooters, great trainers. They make great products or whatever. But the, again, as you said earlier, like they they have a child's understanding of of uh, how the world works, how current events are, and they almost entirely at their core lack empathy. They don't really, outside of what can benefit them directly, like for example, oh, let's vote on this pistol brace thing. Yeah, no shit, everyone's benefits from doing that. Okay, you know, fight the ATF, haha, rah, rah, right? But like beyond that, if, if you were to uh, go to the average uh, chud, bearded white dude running a fucking uh, three-per shirt gun owner to stake out his uh, life or put any modicum of effort into uh, ending the, you know, ICE facilities that are imprisoning children, they wouldn't lift a finger. They don't give a shit. That's really not what they give a fuck about. Or, or would you go to end these people and talk about, hey, you know, I, I think we should, we should do something about homelessness. They're not going to do shit about that, right? That's really not what these kinds of people are. 
Um, so it, it really is just the biggest collection of really shitty, selfish people. We're just going to that bare, bare component of that. I know that um, what I've encountered is is definitely very racially uh, focused. A lot of the really bad attitudes and and ideas. Um, and uh, yeah, there these people might often say that they are you know, in support of some generic idea of liberty, whatever right. that might mean. But at the end of the day, it turns out that they don't actually support like true freedom for people. They always end up supporting authoritarian political regimes. Yep. And they always uphold really uh, authoritarian and even fascist ideas about how the world should work. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, and I think like... Uh... I mean, here's a, one of the clearest examples of that. I mean, we're talking about, okay, Second Amendment rights. Okay, cool. So you, you talk to these people, whatever, uh, over over dinner or maybe a, uh, over a drink or whatever, and they'll tell you, like, yeah, you know, uh, gun rights are everyone for sure. But then, like, what? Uh, on Recoil Magazine, we had a front cover, had uh, Chris Chang, which is one of the Top Shot's uh, uh, winners. Well, I forget what season it was. He's a Chinese-American, openly gay man who won Top Shot, incredible competitive shooter, uh, right? And Recoil, it, the, 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 the amount of homophobic comments and really just shitty, shitty, like, trash talking that occurred as a result of Recoil magazine, like, daring to put a, an openly gay Asian man on the front cover was that they had to actually make a statement. Like, Recoil had made a statement. You can go to their, their social media saying, like, we don't condone that kind of behavior, blah, 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 all this other stuff. But, like, that's a, that is a greater, um, like, uh, uh example like it, it's showing you this that sneak peek of what your what the gun culture is like that is the most dominant kind of attitude and voice among these people and yeah don't get me wrong we had some some figures in the gun industry speak out right some of them said like oh this is stupid etc cetera, etc cetera. like okay good on them but it doesn't change the fact that it's the norm for people to be bigoted it's the norm to be homophobic it's the norm to be transphobic right so yeah, that's kind of the, the greater example. And like when this shit happens and you bring in a conversation, like maybe you go across the, 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 uh, some, some, your average gun guy and be like, oh, yeah, I, w I don't agree with that. But outside of doing that, outside of saying you don't agree with it, what do they actually do? Right. They're, they don't do anything. They don't, they don't like care about, uh, fundraising for causes of people, you know, for, you know, uh, for instance, like, oh, maybe I, I support an organization that trains or arms uh, trans people or something like that. That's really not what they're about. It's it, at the best, you'll get a performative gesture, really. Yeah. Oh, those those performative gestures are great. They never really impact or improve the material conditions of the people who are actually suffering. They're just, you know, just like any sort of, I guess, cause celebre of any you know, sort of like liberal or centrist supported cause. It's like yeah. they'll they'll pay lip service to it, but they don't change. Again, those material conditions. They don't have any sort of material impact to to actually uh, create better conditions or anything like that. And it it yeah. sucks. Yeah, one hundred one hundred percent. I mean, you know, it, it it's pretty much. There's always a front-facing side to the to the industry. It's it's like yeah, you know, we we'll hire anyone, or we 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 care about gun rights for everyone too. But the anytime the conversation gets deeper than that, maybe current events, George Floyd protests, right? That's the greatest example. That's that's when you can pretty much instant instantaneously tell like who's like where they actually lie in the political aisle. 
yeah. um i mean you know I, i've been around people who are just like who just straight up like think that you know he deserved to die like george floyd deserved what happened which is mm-hmm. utterly fucking ridiculous right i i don't understand where where you where you can think that, that that's correct or why that, that should happen or you know a couple of years ago, Philando Castile being murdered by cops. You know, where were any of these fucking people at? Nowhere. Where was the NRA? Nowhere. It's illegally. You would think that it's a guy who illegally owns a gun and was uh, fucking unlawfully murdered by a cop. Should we? Should the two A community not be in up in arms right now about about this this kind of incident? But they're not oh, yeah. because why would they give a shit? Why would they care about minorities? That's not the point. And so, like, I, I guess the greater point I want to get across is that the greater gun industry, the leadership, the greater gun culture, they don't care about you. You are nothing to them. You are nothing but a customer that can go and buy shit to support the industry, right? A body. And that's really, you know, it's really about it at the, at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. I know that, um, you know, I'm originally from Florida. And so the uh, the George Zimmerman shooting of Trayvon Martin is very near and dear to my heart. And I know that uh, George Zimmerman, a brown guy, a guy of Hispanic or Latin origin, uh, that was upheld by conservatives as, well, turns out that, you know, guns are not racist because check out this brown dude that we're supporting in, you know, shooting a black kid. Right, yeah. And so they they uphold that as this like, oh, we're not racist clearly because we're supporting a brown dude. And it's like, eh, I don't know if that's... You yeah. know, it's basically they they uphold examples that are, uh, I guess, relevant to their politics. If All it's not if it's not politically expedient to you know mention Philando Castile or any other people who are legally carrying guns that they you know they were permitted for and they they were doing completely lawfully and they still get killed by the, by the cops. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if they don't fit a specific narrative that ties into the the grander political scheme of the right wing reactionary political machine, they're not even going to you know pay attention. Yeah. No. I mean, in you know, hundred percent, it's correct. And um, like, it's funny you, you mentioned that. And this is a common thing that right wingers do. It's such and such conservative happens to be black or happens to be Asian or whatever the fuck it may be, like. And like, therefore, we're not racist that you accuse us of being, or whatever. Or, oh, you know, Milo's gay. We we're not homophobic, or whatever. Like, there's no concept of what the idea of what tokenization means. That it's literally no different than what any other colonizer element does. You take a portion of the population, you give them whatever they fucking want. What what does it look like today? Like book deal, sponsorship, money, whatever, fame, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they're your fucking political mouthpiece. Candace Owens, it's like the greatest offender of that, right? It's just people don't understand. Like, do you, do you think that we're just so we're so dumb that we don't understand what you're trying to do right now? And that's 100 the truth. It's it's like that. So like they 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 cherry pick George Zimmerman. Oh, you know, it's a brown dude, not racist. It's it's totally cool. It's okay. It, 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 they don't understand. This is what I mean, mean by they have a child's understanding of how race or any other sort of uh, dynamic works. It's mm-hmm. so two-dimensional for them. As right. soon as it fits their narrative, it's, oh, it's great. You know, that's what that means. That, the classic what? Uh, what about black-on-black violence, right? This oh this God. really stupid, shitty, racist deflection of the actual, you know, caused or problem, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's, um, it's, it's, 
a skin deep understanding of race. It's like they mm-hmm. opened up the Webster's dictionary and they said, Oh, what does race mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's based on skin color and yep. racism is hundred you know, percent being prejudiced against someone on the basis of skin color. And they don't understand uh, necessarily how to look at the way that power can intersect with your skin color. Yep. And determine, you know, like I, the, the way I kind of conceive of racism it's the the intersection of power and prejudice. I agree. So, so like if if I am as a brown man, as a you know someone who is of Venezuelan origin, I can you know talk shit about a white person, but I'm not the person that's in charge in this country. I don't have the power and the institutional exactly. backing and so on and so forth. So like yeah, I can be maybe prejudiced towards white people based on my interactions with them and my preconceived notions with them. But I'm not upholding an entire system yeah. of like racial superiority of my race against exactly. these people yeah. in the way that like white supremacy works. So let's let's make this even even simpler than that. Like just stupid simple. Could you, as someone that's um, Latino, could you do what Karens do and just I'm gonna just call the cops and someone that disagrees with me, or I'm gonna <laughs> accuse I'm gonna accuse a white man of taking my phone and call the cops and and. And and I, I in like in the back of my mind, I know the cops are going to arrest and or kill that guy. No yeah. bullshit, nonsense. No, as, absolutely, absolute I, nonsense. I have personal experience with that as a military veteran, as a uh, you know someone who used to work in management before I kind of realized the error of my ways and uh, you know gave up that life of exploit ex- exploiting others. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I used to work in management in the nonprofit world, and there was a, a situation where this uh you know karen type person came in this was prior to the advent of the the notion of karen right and so this lady comes in and and starts yelling at one of my my subordinates who was uh she was like a supervisor and then i was the director of the whole department and she comes in and she starts yelling at this woman and uh my my employee my my subordinate was um she was just the most understanding and patient person. And she got to the point where she came to get me and was like, I can't do this anymore. I need you to step out. So I step out there and, um, oh, and, and she was also uh, Latin, uh, Latina or, or whatever. And okay. so, you know, I step out to this white woman who's just like screaming at her and I step in and I'm like, what's going on. I figure out the situation. I start talking to her and then I'm like, your behavior is not going to fly. And she's like, I want to talk to your manager. And I'm like, I am the manager. And it was, it was great, but she ended up calling the cops. Wow! And then the cops showed up, and this is in an area in a in a uh, a neighborhood in the area that I'm in where like the cops do not have great relationships with people of color. Wouldn't have and, they ever? Uh, true, true. But in this area particularly, they definitely over police the black and brown kids. Right. So the, the police show up, and I'm sitting there as the official representative of my organization trying to explain to this cop why this woman needs to not be in the facility for the day. And finally I convinced the dude, I kind of whip out my like military background and I, and I, you know, I sound very professional and I'm like, you know, I'm the director of this department, here, this organization. And that is what it took to convince this cop that this Karen yelling at us was in the wrong. Uh, You you know, I want. I, I just kind of want to briefly break down. There's so much to take away from that one interaction that you just described. I mean, Karen calls the cops using her privilege as a fucking white woman of middle class nature, whatever, right? To leverage 
the fucking police, you know, the policing force over here that, you know, that uh, the law enforcement that that she knows over polices people that look just like you. Mm-hmm. On top of that, when you're the one that is in a, you know, you're in a management position, you represent a greater organization, and you're clearly in the right and she's in the wrong, you have to go through so many hoops. You have to code switch. You have to change the nature of what you appear to be to conform to this white cop's fucking, per, you know, perception of you, right? Because, you know, the same reason why, what, uh, how, how the African-American dialect goes. Saying mm-hmm. things like, you know, you know, uh, you know, abbreviation of certain words, you know, saying homie, whatever the fuck is is deemed to be what uneducated by the white upper middle class. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh, therefore, yeah. if you were to talk to someone like that and if you didn't code switch from your peers or your family and you spoke to a position to a person of authority, they would look down upon you and they would more than likely not take your side. Correct. So yeah oh yeah absolutely we all know this like as a fucking minority we know we have to fucking code switch it's to, to, to for me you know as an asian like to a lesser degree right it's not like the the level of racial prejudice in terms of looking at people who look like me to be uneducated or come from rough neighborhoods quote unquote so how a cop cop would talk to me versus how a cop would talk to you but mm-hmm. at the end of the day you know i fucking code switch too. Code switch all the time. I, I, you know, you got to use certain bigger words now, right? Or now you got to sound a certain way, right? So, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, the the biggest, um, I guess, like personal experience or example that I can think of uh, related to like the idea of my skin changing the dynamic where like me code switching might not even matter. I was driving home from military training back in uh, the mid 2000s tens oh, 2018s yeah. whatever it's you know whatever so i'm driving from from oklahoma where i was stationed for six months and uh i'm driving through this town in in middle of nowhere mississippi and it's one in the morning and i pull into this gas station and there's a whole bunch of sheriff's uh cruisers or mm-hmm. or cop cruisers in the in the gas station and i have a, a car loaded with military gear you know, I'm I'm leaving military training, so like, mm-hmm. of course, it's full of, you know, uh, the camouflage pattern of the time and duffel bags and whatever else. And these cops are like 20 feet away from me, and they are staring me down with what I can only say was like a death stare. I'm like slowly realizing where I am. I'm exhausted from driving all day, and my air conditioner is broken, so I was like not in a great mental space. And as I'm sitting there and these cops are like getting closer to me and I'm looking at them, I'm like, holy shit, am I going to like get lynched or something? Because, right. you know, I'm a brown dude driving in in the dark through this part of, of the country where I know for a fact that, uh, you know, they probably are doing racial profiling and whatever else. Yeah. And it didn't matter that at the time I was an officer in the military. It didn't matter in the, at the time that I had camouflage, you know, from yeah you know from top to bottom in my car just like military gear that did not matter all they looked you know they looked at me and all they saw was uh was my racial composition yeah. or whatever they perceived of that exactly you know and, uh, exactly and to, you know to to bring this you know back to the original point of like the gun industry the people in the gun industry 110 support like cops obviously for one that's where they, that's where they get all their all their fucking money from it's where um where you get your reliable, your your consistent customer base off from too, and 
they you know they boot like 24 fucking 7 and so what you just described there it's like you know you bring that up to people a lot of times in the industry they'll, they'll be like oh that's fucked up you're right man that's wrong that's wrong but they don't they will never connect the dots in terms of oh don't you think this is sort of a, a reoccurring issue and or systemic and or maybe there's something wrong here both culturally and legally speaking, but this is how police officers regularly conduct themselves almost regardless of where you're going to be, right? No, they'll never do that. They cannot create a bigger picture of a problem, like really ever. No, definitely. And, and you know, the industry is rife with, you know, this, this bootlicking approach to law enforcement and the military. I, I would always argue based on, again, my experiences within the industry, and what I've seen, as well as just from kind of a, a bird's eye view of the industry, it does not seem like they could be successful without relying on the law enforcement community. And the they can't. Community. They need those contracts. They they really do. They need that. You know, if, if you're a manufacturer, a lot of times, right? So, Vortex, right? They got law enforcement discounts going on there. A, a lot of clothing brands do all across the board. It's you know, it's all over the place. That's where you're going to get that you know that 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 cash money at, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, what happens to anyone that goes outside of the norm? If you're like, if you're, if you're, say, say you're Trijicon, and all of a sudden Trijicon says, we don't support uh, uh, putting, you know, getting, giving law enforcement any leg up above your average civilian, they'd be fucking demonized. Are you kidding me? They, they would be like, what the hell's going on? How are you speaking bad against your boys in blue, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it would never happen. Never happen. They, they would be demonized as the, uh, the liberal communists. Exactly. And, you know, somehow related to the Democrats, despite oh, yeah, all, all yeah. of those things being completely contradictory. Yeah. You know. George Soros funded Trijicon <laughs> to uh, uh, to work with Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh all these God. things sound amazing, but none of which is true. <laughs> yeah. No, what I'm what I'm really waiting for is something like not quite gun industry, but defense industry. Raytheon, you know, they came out with some yeah. like pride, uh, you know, whatever. Yay, pride. Yeah. And I'm yeah, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for conservatives to be like Raytheon, you know, one of the foremost producers of military ordnance to go and <laughs> blow up school buses and kill civilians at weddings and whatever else. And they're sitting there like, oh, Raytheon must be Antifa because yeah. they had a rainbow flag or whatever. Yeah. And you know what? I love I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Like, I did you see what Gun Collective did? Uh, no, you're gonna have to explain. So, Gun Collective is a is a major news gun firearms news source, uh, uh, mainly through YouTube. He's got a YouTube channel. That's where he got big. He's also posts on social media, obviously. And uh, it was Pride Month, and uh, God, I I just love seeing right wingers lose their shit over flying a rainbow flag. It is the funniest shit. But so so Gun Collective is not is by zero you know no means a leftist the guy you know was just saying like here's a pride flag happy pride to my lgbtq you know firearms owners right mm -hmm. very innocuous very just like oh yeah if you were someone that gave a shit about second amendment rights supposedly you should be saying this anyways because everyone you know quote unquote everyone should be allowed to own a gun right regardless of sexual orientation right uh the fucking comments lost their minds when he did that and that shit was hilarious. They were just like, oh, are you, are you falling for just liberal propaganda and like all this other crap? And every once in a while, you, you came across a comment that was like, who cares? Like, awesome, awesome, good on him. But why, why are you so angry that 
him posting a quote unquote who you know like, you know like who who are the real snowflakes right like him raising the, the you know posting that uh, uh you know pride flag just made everyone lose their fucking shit and mm-hmm. he would be like what 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 deep down inside made you so angry right and i can answer that they're just fucking bigots bottom fucking yeah. line bottom fucking line like the second anyone that doesn't look like you act like you believe the same things you believe tries to get any sort of uh, any sort of attention whatsoever they have to fucking lose it it's not about me i'm angry now oh you're yeah. you're pandering to the to the liberals now or some bullshit and it's just jesus christ and that this is what i mean this is a consistent thing this is not new at all it happens all the fucking time and uh, to deny it just means you're just fucking delusional that there's a greater problem of just straight up bigots who are in charge of the greater of the of the biggest voices in the leadership roles in an industry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, to to kind of follow through with that idea. So, like, not only is it bigots, you know, people who are bigoted in racial ways and mm-hmm. along the lines of sexual orientation, gender identity and expression. um ethnic origin there are many ways in which one can be a bigot but like any form of bigotry is like the name of the game and i think that it's all you know kind of tying into this idea of anger it always seems to be rooted in uh fear-mongering and this uh this i guess kind of systematic approach to trying to alienate some group that you can then depict as being the evil outsider or the evil other yep and... yeah yeah I, I agree yeah because um i mean that's that's how you know throughout history it's like you can't it, you, you don't you don't you don't humanize people who are different from you and that's no way that you can start a sort of like culture war or hate right against other people you have to dehumanize them you have to believe that they're beneath you you have to believe that they want to destroy your way of life right that's you have to rationalize that right Right. Uh, human beings are rationally irrational in some ways, right? Like maybe the exact reason doesn't make any sense, but it makes sense of how they're constructing it in a certain way, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I I absolutely hate that the entire industry is propped up on this kind of this overall bigotry. But I mean, that's just you know, it's kind of par for the course with global capitalism. So, like, why mm-hmm. would it be anything other than bigotry and discrimination and so on and so forth? Yeah. Because of this global system of capitalism. Yeah. And, and you know, white supremacy being one of the foundational pillars to upholding global capitalism. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, you want to start talking about, like, genuine, like, owners of an entire, like, prominent gun companies. No. T-Rex arms, easiest example. <laughs> I mean, like, what what more of indication do you need of someone that is clearly, clearly a bigot? I mean, the the, the, the fucking the fucking dork. Which, by the way, Lucas Bakken, one hundred and ten percent overrated as shit. Actually, yeah. kind of sucks at what he does, uh, and is uh one hundred you know one hundred percent full of himself. Like, even people within the gun world who train don't like him. You're not gonna go to a uh, you're not gonna go to a Pat Max class and or you know and, he, and he'll be like yeah you should go train with T Rex arms totally like that's that's the guy to go to no, never fucking happens right and so like T Rex arms like has made several posts more recently during Pride 
just straight up saying that he does not he has zero respect for gay people more or less is what it is doesn't believe in gay marriage doesn't believe in all this stuff and it always tries to misconstrue this bullshit like he's the victim which is which is a classic right-wing tactic you being an asshole bigoted people to have ne- people who have never once harmed you but you make it about yourself it's mm-hmm. freedom of religion it's freedom of belief there don't don't tell me to use pronouns it's a, it's an infringement of my right like you fucking piece <laughs> of shit like yeah. you fucking child right how how little um do you have to worry about where that your number one concern is of whether or not a trans person wants to be to address a certain fucking way right and and so like that's the thing what consequence has been you know bared down you know put on lucas bakken there was that one video that was put out on YouTube that called him out for all his bullshit lies, like that that he trains uh, spec ops guys, which he does not, and among other things, right? But other than losing like what mod light sponsor uh, uh, sales, whatever the, the ability to sell mod lights products, barely anything, you know? Like there's you still see tons of fucking people come out support of yeah. of, of Bakken, right? You still see tons of people buying the, uh, his holsters and his shitty plate carrier. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. In any other industry, even even in the most, uh, like, a lot of the times, even like a right-wing space industry, if someone comes out there being that openly bigoted, they lose business. They lose, they get ostracized, as they should. Oh, yeah. That, that shit does not happen in the gun world, hardly ever. You know, like... And, and then beyond Bach, and look at Terran Tactical, Terran Butler. Hey, Alejandro here. I am interrupting the episode to provide some important background about the next part of my conversation with Soju, which includes discussion of alleged sexual harassment, possible grooming, and other inappropriate behavior. Terran Tactical Innovations is a firearms training company based in Simi Valley, California. The owner of the company is a man named Terran Butler. He is the three-gun champion who has been teaching Hollywood celebrities how to shoot in preparation for their films. Three-gun is a type of uh, shooting competition. He and his company are especially famous for their work training Keanu Reeves and Halle Berry for the John Wick movies. Butler is also somewhat infamous within the gun world for his apparent practice of surrounding himself exclusively with conventionally attractive gun-toting women. This dynamic is important, more on that later. The victim in this incident I am about to describe is a woman named Jade Strzok. She is now a former employee of Butler's. According to an interview on hookandbarrel.com, Strzok was 16 when she first met Butler. Her father was a cop and was friends with Butler, and he took her to watch Butler shoot in a competition. She went on to become a firearms instructor with Terran Tactical when she was 18 years old. Back in January of 2020, some videos were leaked from Butler's phone. One now infamous video shows the cameraman, allegedly Butler, acting in what I can only describe as an incredibly sexually inappropriate manner towards Strzok. I am not going to describe the incident in detail. I will say that Butler made many sexual comments to Strzok, and he hounded her with multiple attempts to have her expose clothed areas of her body, including her chest and genitals. Over the days that followed the leak, both Butler and Strzok released statements to explain the situation. I would like to note that all of these statements were eventually deleted from wherever they appeared on Instagram, and it was actually quite difficult to find extant screenshots or other documentation of the incident. Due to this dynamic, I had to rely perhaps a little too heavily on internet forum discussion boards, screenshots, and my own memory on the matter. 
In her statement, Strzok conveyed the fact that the video was years old, but that she was 18 at the time. She made it clear that this situation was not consensual, and that she thought it was expected of her to be successful in the industry. Quote, About two weeks ago, a video was published showing me in a very uncomfortable situation. I was clearly very uneasy when it happened, and I am extremely embarrassed at how I reacted to the situation. My former employer took this video several years ago when I just turned 18, and very new to the industry. I was very young and naive, and led to believe that this sort of thing was normal, expected, and required to succeed in this industry. I should have known better and stood firm against my former employer, but I did not. Strzok's statement reveals something even more disturbing. I am just going to read directly from the statement for this. Quote, During my time with Terran Tactical Innovations, my former employer made many of these types of videos of me as well as other videos that were made of other women in and around the company. These videos are very inappropriate and personal to those involved. I am disappointed in myself for not doing what I knew to be right for myself and for the others pressured into these acts. To the other girls in and around Terran Tactical Innovations that felt pressured as I was, I am sorry that I could not find the strength to stand up for us. To anyone possessing any compromising videos or images of me or any of the other girls in and around Terran Tactical Innovations, please do not make any more of these videos and images public. Enough harm has already been done. Additionally, some of the content you may have received quite possibly includes girls under 18 at the time it was made. End quote. I would like to note that I did skip a paragraph in that excerpt, but I am going to post a photo of the statement, or at least a link to it, in the show notes. Butler released a statement that was up for just a matter of days before eventually being taken down. I did not personally see the original statement, but according to a screenshot that I got a hold of, he acknowledged that the behavior was inappropriate and indefensible. I also think I should note that a lot of the statement focused on how the incident was a painful lesson for him. This comes directly from his statement. Quote, This is a painful lesson for me, but a lesson nonetheless, and I accept all consequences that came as a result of their being made public. To all of you who spoke out against me and this offensive content, I thank you for reminding me that standards are standards, actions have consequences, and being a gentleman is always in fashion. I vow that my actions moving forward will be more mature, more respectful, and more appropriate, and I urge all of you to hold me to that standard. End quote. I certainly think it's interesting that it is only a painful lesson because it was made public, and because he was simply caught behaving in a way that countless others in Hollywood circles are known to have done. For example, I'm thinking here of convicted rapist Harvey Weinstein and Jeffrey Epstein, the latter of which had numerous connections to people in power and people with money, a list that actually included Harvey Weinstein and uh, potentially numerous other celebrities. I don't know if these allegations were ever taken to court or if they were ever handled by any authorities. What I do know is that there is an alleged video of a man in a position of authority who is attempting to get one of his employees to expose her body. If that is not a hostile or sexually harassing work environment, I don't know what is. Do you remember how I mentioned that I was going to bring it back to the idea of Butler hiring primarily attractive women? I do want to point out that this alleged behavior from Butler was not entirely unexpected in the gun world. As I perused various gun forums, Reddit pages, YouTube videos, and more, I found a lot of people 
alluding to a running joke in gun circles about how Butler specifically surrounded himself with attractive women to try to sleep with them and get other forms of sexual favors. Ultimately, I am not really sure how painful this lesson was for Butler, as there is little to no coverage on the topic, and as I mentioned earlier, he is still in business. I haven't seen any condemnation from any of the big celebrities, movie studios, or really anyone else, save for a select few people within the gun industry and in the gun world. In fact, a lot of people are still actively working with him, and many people who actually even know about this incident took to the defense of Butler. My point with this whole interruption and clarification is to clear up any confusion about the allegations of bad behavior in the following conversation with Soju. I hope that this also clears up any inaccuracies about Struck's age at the time of the incident, at least according to her own account of the events. And now, back to the show. That guy, last year I believe, what? A literal video from his phone, groping underage girls. Groping Ooh, them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit's still up there too. And like, he openly did it, other than what, a, a short couple of weeks of public embarrassment, um, he may have lost some sponsorships here, but his business is still up and running. He's still out there training right. people. I still see videos of celebrities up there. I don't know how recent it is, but yeah. Like, he has not lost really much of anything. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I might have even seen a recent, maybe a couple months ago, like uh, TFB TV doing stuff with Terran Tactical. And it's like, oh, we're just okay with this. You know what he did. It's literally from his phone, from the horse's mouth public what he did right. on top of the fact his top student who left uh terran uh, tactical and moved on to blackwater jade struck she was the one in question being grouped in that video and one of his top students or whatever shooters uh gave a statement which was literally telling like yeah this happened i did this because i felt coerced during in the video and guess mm -hmm. what he did to several other girls who were like 17 years old like underage and where was any of the fucking right-wing shitheads being like, oh, I own guns so I can shoot pedophiles? Where were any of these people? Fucking nowhere. Fucking right. nowhere. All performative bullshit. They, they want, as you said before, they want to use this, this feeling of like, oh, there's, you know, there, there are certain bad people out there, but it's really just an excuse to flaunt their murder fantasy. Beyond that, they're not going to do anything. Did any of these people, you know, boasting on their social media about killing pedophiles with their scars, being like, you know, donate any kind of money or do any organized effort to stop child trafficking or any of that shit? No. Fuck no. Of course not. It's a stupid... Uh, it makes you a cool-looking t-shirt for them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I think what's especially telling is that even someone as wholesome as uh, Keanu Reeves... And uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, Keanu was training with Terran Tactical. Yep, for John Wick. For John Wick. Uh, two and three. And like, I, I have yet to see, maybe I'm wrong, but I have yet to see anything from Keanu Reeves or Halle Berry or anyone else who trained with them that's like, well, hold on, wait a minute. You were groping or kind of like sexually coercing uh, or, or, you know, at, at best creating a... Um, a culture of like harassment within an employment environment. I have not seen any sort of statements from from these people. Yeah, you're not going to. They're Hollywood elites. They 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 get what they get by distancing distancing themselves from drama and presenting the image of themselves. And you're completely right. You know, Keanu, as far as I know, and I'm a huge Keanu fan. Like, you know, oh, wholesome dude, cool and all. But like, we're asking too much for Hollywood people to do shit. That that's 
mm-hmm. that's like that's like one in a million, right? Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, certainly. Uh, but like, you know, I those are like pretty fucking relevant and recent examples of leaders of the industry being openly bigoted, reactionary, uh, sex being fucking creepy sexual predators or whatever, right? And they suffer no consequence, really next to none, right? They, they get embarrassed mm-hmm. or something. Maybe they lose one or two sponsorships or whatever. That's really right. not – like they shouldn't even be in business. They should not be allowed to be in this business. If you if you work in an industry where you claim that you're there to uh, support everyone, right, support all gun owners, right, help them all out regardless where you come from, but you clearly don't uphold those beliefs, why should anyone support that? Why are we still supporting that, right? And it's ridiculous. That's not what I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I I hate that anyone is supporting anything within the current gun industry, and like between the the like openly misogynistic and sexist uh, or sexually harassing acts of like uh, Taryn Butler, um, or like the open racism uh, of. I, uh, I here, I'll give you one, Mr. Guns example, because they're Mr. also Guns racist. Mr. Like... is one of the most prominent gun, you know, gun okay. YouTubers. And if you went on his oh social media, <laughs> the motherfucker was posting shit. And this is why his original account, I'm pretty sure, got deleted and locked down uh, from Instagram. But posting uh, protesters getting run over and saying "Black Lives Splatter," right? Because that's not at all racially charged. That, yep. That's okay to say and and show and to openly masturbate to, right? That's all cool and dandy. Uh, Brendan Herrera, Brendan Herrera did the same oh, fucking yeah. thing um, on social media. So really, it, it's just they're all really the same, and there's a, there's a good reason why they're so buddy buddy with one another because they look and sound and talk and believe the same shit, right? The whole point of their industry almost relies on the fact that those in control are all the same people that look and act the same, much like our police force, much like our politics. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I I think. The, the, oh, I'm trying to think of how to articulate this well. The thing that stands out to me is that all of these people and this entire industry is propped up within uh, very um, idealized notions of what the Second Amendment means. Yep. And if, if you look at this, the history of the Second Amendment, like, the Second Amendment did not exist for everybody. It existed for white, yeah. white, able-bodied men to yes. take up arms to prevent the uh, the uprisings and the revolts of enslaved people, of the yeah. enslaved Africans that we stole from their homeland and brought here and brutalized and oppressed. Yep. And you know the idea of the Second Amendment was well, we have to make sure that they don't rise up against us and overthrow our state. Especially given what happened in uh, in Haiti, right? It was also it was also what you know during the revolution, et cetera, and a little and right after revolution, right? The Second Amendment being, oh, right to bear arms and fight against this is the common they fight tyranny, right? They love using that word around. But one to your point, no, it was originally made so that white people could do that and maintain their status quo and their rights and privileges, much like the entire Constitution, right? Or the entire Bill of Rights. It's not like the fucking founding fathers. They love, they love bringing up the founding fathers. Like it's supposed to mean something to me. They like it's not like the founding fathers wrote that shit down for people that look like you and me, 
Like, can we stop the delusional romanticization bullshit? And like idiots like Colleen Noir, you know, uh, once again, a textbook token, right, minority for the right wings is like always quoting the uh, the Constitution and talking about founding fathers this, founding fathers that. I'm like, Colleen, you don't understand. They, the, If you were alive at that time, they would have fucking killed you or enslaved you. Right, have some notion of history right now, and like it blows my mind that on one hand this guy, the same dude, goes like, you know, whoa, blot some imagery here and there of Malcolm X or Black Panther, or talk about the Black Panthers and how correctly saying that the Reagan administration, you know, uh, gun laws were racist, right, against Black Panthers, but then like you go and yet you, you fucking shit on everything the Black Panthers stand for. Like this is what I mean. Like they don't have the ability to analytically understand what they're talking about. Hey there, this is Alejandro Cienfuegos. Thank you for listening to Hammer and Pistol. If you are enjoying the show and would like to help grow the podcast, you can become a subscriber at patreon.com forward slash hammer and pistol for as little as $1 a month. You can also show your support by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. You can find those links in the episode description. Me owning a gun, and I, I, I would, I feel that you would agree too. You owning a gun is not based on because a piece of paper written by a bunch of white colonizers said I could, right? I mean, obviously, we live under the conditions of the legal system here. Let's do it. Okay, cool. But it's not like, oh yeah, I do this because I'm so thankful for the founding fathers. Like, no, I have a right to self-defense the same way you do, and I'm going to get every means possible to increase my chances of survival, right? To do right. so. I do not take this because a bunch of white people told me to, right? Or said yeah. I could, right? No, absolutely. Like, like in all actuality, fuck the Second Amendment because, again, the Second Amendment um, prior to the establishment of the American Republic or whatever you want to call it, the the laws or, you know, whatever was codified into law related to guns was specifically for white people to be able to repel the uh, the incursions of indigenous peoples trying to fight back against the colonization. Yep. And was also oh, yeah. uh, designed to create militias against the uprisings of enslaved people. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you go and you steal people from their homeland... And then when you go and you steal the ancestral lands of, of the people that already live there, you have to have guns in order to accomplish that. You have to maintain mm -hmm. some uh, violent hierarchy over them. Right. It's, it's like you have to, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, right, bear arms and, and you know, for well-regulated militia. And then you, you got to ask for what? Right. Like, what was it originally meant for? Right. Right. It's the same reason. Why do cops exist today? Because they were made to chase after runaway slaves yeah they were they, yeah that's that's absolutely 100 percent correct the the current or excuse me the modern iteration of policing in the united states at least in in many regions of the u.s uh can trace its origins back to the slave patrols you know mm -hmm. the people who were tasked with hunting down and either killing or returning enslaved peoples who were trying to like carve out their own niche in in this continent to say we are trying to escape this oppression we're trying to escape these absolutely horrendous uh um conditions yeah. and and just try to make make a spot for ourselves to survive since we've already been stolen from our our homelands yes correct yeah and and so and what people need to realize that yeah that might have been you know some time ago but 
things don't change that much. They're still, the police force is still a tool of the state to go and use violence when they feel like it against people that they don't like, you know, or deem. And it's never done equally, right? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So, like, you we need to quickly understand, like, even if you are a right-wing gun owner and you, and you, you believe in the Second Amendment, who do you think is going to be the ones that go and take your guns away from you? Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, is it just the ATF? No, it's not just the fucking ATF. Right? Right. It's going to be uniformed local police officers. It'll, it'll be the feds, you know, FBI, whatever. Right? Like, those are the enforcement wings to use violence whenever they deem necessary against you. Right? So, that's why it always blows my mind that gun people can talk shit all the time about ATF, and rightfully so, but they can't seem to put that same level of logic with any other part of law enforcement, right? Yeah. They, just, they just can't. They can't do it. It's impossible for them. Like, oh, no, no, oh, God, this cop, so I see everything. He's so nice to me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's a system. It's not just a person. Right. Right? Jesus Christ. And it, it's like, I think our friend put it this way. You know how you feel about the ATF? We feel about that against all the fucking law enforcement. Right. Well, you know, if if you lived in a, uh, I guess, like a blue state, you know, a state that's more controlled by Democrats than Republicans, then if if you were somebody who was flying the don't tread on me flag and or no step on snake or whatever, right, um, you would probably be against the police in that state. But then if you went to somewhere that was a more traditionally red state, then you'd be supportive of the cops. Because yep. it's it's yep. fully couched within kind of the political system of, of those areas. So like the ATF under um, under Obama or the ATF under Biden, for example, would be considered some sort of like Democrat uh, plot to try to disarm the American public. Whereas the ATF under Trump, for some reason, a lot of people really had a big uh, disconnect and they, they engaged in a lot of mental gymnastics. To, yeah. to justify Trump deciding that, oh, yeah, by the way, maybe people on a watch list should uh, have restrictions to their gun rights or maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or piss. Remember piss the, the bump stocks. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the, the Trumpers. Like if you went to the 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 the, 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 or the subreddit for the Donald, whatever, when the after the Vegas shooting yeah. and Trump was like, oh, we're going to we're going to ban uh, bump stocks. Every almost all the major threads were just deleted by the admins because they all fucking flipped their shit on Trump, and it was it was just lovely seeing this sort of this, this sort of right wing cannibalization happen. It's like oh, like you're finally to some level, even even if it's one percent, like understanding what all of us understand. That yeah. uh, do you think the rich assholes in power give a fuck about you? Like, do you think just because they say the right things to you, so you're dumb enough to vote for them, that they genuinely give a shit about you? Does someone who sits on a golden toilet seat really give a flying fat fuck about the average worker? Like, right. No. Yeah, and they found out the hard way. Yeah, definitely. Hey there, Alejandro here with yet another interruption. The conversation is about to jump forward pretty awkwardly. I had some corruption in my audio files, and they are completely unrecoverable. So I do want to give you a heads up that it's the conversation that is changing, and you have not missed anything. Um. Oh, so what we were talking about, we're talking about... So did you still want to talk about 
more industry stuff or did you want to move on or up to you? Um, yeah. So with the industry stuff, I think some more specific examples of, sure. of the industry yeah. could, could yeah. be beneficial. And yeah. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, I'm all, I'm also a whole Moscow mule in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no more than happy to. I mean, so, so we've you know T-Rex Arms is one and Terran Tactical. Yeah, so I guess I um, guess um from from the maybe this doesn't require the insider perspective, but could you sure. could you just briefly describe like T-Rex Arms, what they do, what they are, same with Terran Tactical. And then let's um let's take kind of a brief glimpse at some of the really shitty specific people that are in the in the industry. Yeah, certainly. Um so the uh, so T Rex Arms, in case those who do not know, is a firearms accessory company. They make mainly make holsters, Kydex holsters. They also put out medical equipment, and they also sell you know chest rigs and plate carriers, etc. And um, their owner is this guy named Lucas Bakken, this pasty white motherfucker. Uh, whose family comes from a literal, literal cult. And this is not just like, oh, you know, we believe in the certain parts of Christianity. No, like, they're like a mega cult. And, like, their father, like, if you look at their stuff they promote, like, in their readings, they have a weird fucking, like, practice and belief that, like, they, women exist so they can, like, be impregnated so they can raise, like, warriors or some weird fucking oh antiquated bullshit. Yeah, they're fucking insane is what is wrong. Wait, wait, so so what's the, like, name of this cult? They are called, I believe they're called Quiverfall. That sounds vaguely familiar, but I'll, uh, Quiverfall. I'll trust you to... Quiverfall. Quiverfall. Quiverfall okay. cult. Yeah, they are fucking crazy. And Lucas Bakken's sisters help run that with their father. So, Lucas um, is uh, why he's a ginormous piece of shit. Number one, his he loves just putting out dumb bullshit range antic videos. Like it's just terrible training. It's not good stuff. You should never emulate what this idiot does. He's like <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm so fast because I can go from high ready to uh, to shouldering and, and put some shots off. Half time, he doesn't even show you what he's shooting at. Right for one. Uh, and then if you slow it down, he's actually just doing flagrantly dumb stuff. Like when he's like trying to do small unit tactic stuff, this guy is not following like things that you need to be doing in a team. Like if I'm that I'm telling my teammate, I'm ready to cover you. And this guy is like pacing around and his gun's definitely not ready to shoot anyone. And his teammates running. That means you're not ready to cover your teammate and that your teammate just got capped because you weren't covering him, right? <laughs> or you can watch their shitty CQB videos and they're, like, flagging each other, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's where they got called out, right, on, yeah. on Facebook? Some, yep. uh, Navy some, man like, something. Naval... Yeah, the guy, yeah. Um, he took his video down because he has no backbone, but it was actually a hilarious fucking video just calling him out all this <laughs> bullshit. But, and that's not even the worst offense. The worst offense is being the fact that Lucas Bakken is a fucking bigot. It's a specifically a trans uh, transphobic and homophobic piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Reddit, someone screenshotted his uh, story post where he's straight up calling. He's like, he's like looking at someone, and he's he just calls him like the you know the f word, you know, you know, straight up because why? Because they're gay, I guess, and that's literally it. Yeah, and then. And then uh, makes that entire post, and it's still up, I'm pretty sure, um, during Pride Month this year, being like, I only believe marriage between a man and a woman. And 
uh, the the left wants to attack me for my beliefs. It's like <laughs> you're just a fucking asshole. And like I remember talking to people, you know, these are just your average industry type people. You got, you know, uh, whatever. Like some people are trainers, etc. And again, people don't actually like Lucas Bakken. They're just like they heard about what he did on that during that that Pride Month pose, and they were just like, dude, no one fucking asked you. Right, like yeah. no one, no one went like I need to. Un, I need to hear what Lucas Bakken thinks about gay people. Like that, that's such an, an, an essential component of my existence right now. Like no one asked you, right? No one pressured you to give a statement. You just went out of your way to be a dickhead. And then like, if you're someone that trans at all, you look at like I said, they don't take him seriously. No one, no one that's like a, a prominent firearms trainer is gonna be uh, like, hey. You should really take that Lucas Bakken class. That guy knows what he's doing. No, that right. does not fucking happen. Yeah. And on top of, you know, like really, so he's a guy that's do that is extremely good at marketing himself. That's what he's good at. At the end of the day, he he knows how to make high speed, low drag looking videos, and in doing so, people who don't know shit really don't know anything about guns look at that and just think, oh, that's it. That's that's it. That's that's the, that's the pinnacle of uh, being a firearms trainer. Like that's it, right? Because it looks flashy and good, right? Yeah. So, issue being is that his company is successful, very good. People 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 buy those holsters a lot. Buys equipment. It makes good stuff. You know, um, I, I, I yeah, I'll say I never use a holster, but yeah, by all accounts, it makes good uh, holsters. I didn't play carry. Looks fucking dumb as shit, but won't go into that right now. But yeah, and the problem being, it's like everyone knows. He's not hiding who he is. Like some, a lot of, you know, most people in the industry just kind of can, you can kind of semi high what you say. You just don't say stuff, right? But he's not hiding and he has not really suffered any real consequences for that, for being someone that's not inclusive in the gun culture. And this is the other thing I keep hearing from people. It's like, you know, gun people in the gun industry who've been there for a while will tell you that they agree. They think there's too much uh divisiveness in the gun culture in the gun community or that there's too much of this elitist idea that they're not open to new people coming in well here you go this guy is the reason why it's people like him because he is such a bigot he's not willing to accept people who don't fucking believe the same shit he does right right and you don't do anything about it right if you're supposed to be some sort of industry leader and you care about promoting this idea of inclusivity and like getting people involved more in guns getting more of the liberals into guns and cool but you say nothing and do nothing against people like lucas bakken or taryn butler like okay what do you actually stand for right yeah and then to get into your uh, uh other part about who taryn butler is taryn butler runs taryn tactical they a he's a world champion three gun sport competitive shooter extremely good at you know running the gun and a uh, hitting targets really fast and doing good transitions etc cetera, etc cetera. uh carbine shotgun pistol and um yeah uh, he's just a straight up creep he's just a literal sexual predator this guy has you know when you start watching Taron butler videos and you get past the whole oh it's sweet keanu reeves is shooting with Taron butler you look around him and like why are there only conventionally good looking women around him who right. are like half his fucking age yeah and you know deep down inside that's kind of weird and off, but then you're like, oh, I'm sure that that's whatever. They're there because they're good. Uh, and then you, when that video from his own phone got leaked where he's groping his own employees when they were underage, yeah. many women, not just like one or two. Yeah. Um. Then you realize it all makes sense, right? It's a, it's a literally the Harvey Weinstein school of thought here, where you are an industry leader, you're the who's who in that particular sport or whatever, the industry craft. And you get to leverage all that power 
because what? Someone like Jade Struck, who's his uh, was his top shooter at Terran uh, Tactical, uh, she basically did whatever he wanted in uh, based on the fact that she wanted to make it in that industry, in that sport. Yeah. Right. Because if she didn't have Terran, she would not be the she would not be shooting with Blackwater. She wouldn't have her face motion capture for Call of Duty Warzone. By the way, she's a playable character in Warzone. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Oh, I hate. That's a thing. I hate everything about this right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know how I feel every fucking day. Yeah. So, um, like, so it's the same way that actors right in, in Hollywood have to sleep around with fucking Weinstein. If you want to get a role that matters, right? Cause people like him can make or break you. So you have to sleep with them or let them do these heinous fucking things to you and do it with a smile on your face. Right. Right. Um, and you know, you know, those are the industry heads. And then you have like the whole culture of gun tubers, like YouTubers, gun influencer types oh who are all fucking shitheads. Like when that, when the news broke out about the whole Taryn Butler groping Jade and among other people, um, like you go to these uh, influencer types and I would see like shared stories from these people, like giving their take on the video that's visibly showing this man grope women. Right. Right. And uh, they're just like, Man, I think it's messed up that someone would invade someone's privacy and post those videos. Like, that's your fucking takeaway, right. really. Yeah. So your takeaway is that. <laughs> so, just for clarification for the for whoever's listening to this, um, assuming anyone is still listening to this, um, so we're talking a video where, if I if I remember correctly, uh, so Jade, uh, she she's like seventeen at the time. And she, yeah, she's... something around seventeen or eighteen. Okay, yeah. And and in her statement, she had stated that there were other girls who were younger than her. Oh wow! So she's so yeah. in this specific video, she is like pulling down her. I believe she's like nineteen in the video. Okay, well that I'm not saying that's better, but at least she's no, not underage not at the time. Yeah. But she's like pulling down yeah. her yoga pants to reveal yes. some uh, what would conventionally be considered like very private areas of the body. Yep. And and he's like, uh, Taryn Butler, that is, is like encouraging her to continue revealing more for the camera yes. and is like making sexual comments about her. Yep. If people have seen the comments that went everywhere on like, you know, social media, YouTube of the precious, that's what he's referring that's to. He, he has a oh name for yeah, it. Yeah. That's how much of a fucking creepy is. And the fact oh that obviously that means he's done it many times. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, the precious. Yeah, I, I just yeah. now that you mention it, I remember it, and I wish I, uh, I yep. did not remember it, and yep. I need to drink more alcohol to yeah. forget, forget. Yeah, that. and you know, and this is, really, this is what this is what shows the character of people who work in here. So yeah. Carl from InRange TV, great mm -hmm. fucking guy. That guy went out of his way to call out Taryn, and he did right. it pretty funny. He did, he did it pretty fucking funny way, and to straight up say, hey. That's fucking disgusting. It should never fucking happen. Right? right. And how many people did what Carl did? I can count maybe one other fucking person that did. I'm not familiar with anyone else. I think uh, I, I, I'm familiar with that um, video or whatever that Carl put out. And that's literally the extent of it. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, that's what that's this is what tells you what the kind of culture that you live with when working in this industry or. Um, you know, not you. You don't even have to work in it. You just have. You just gotta. You know, be be a gun owner and go to a gun range and find it out yourself that way. I remember going yeah. to a gun range, 
uh, with a buddy, uh, two two buddies of mine, and wanted to they wanted to go shooting. They haven't been shooting before. They knew like at the time I had just gotten into gun ownership, so I knew some things here and there. Like, hey, let's go. So I go their their area. We go we go we get done shooting, and we shot like a, like like a 1911 and an AR, and we're done. And we're putting things up, and the store clerk here was like very adamant about getting us involved in his like weird political rant. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. And he's just like, hey, y'all, like. You know, like you guys would agree that politicians, the senators, like they don't they don't live the same way we live. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, you're 100 percent. I'm with you, man. And it's like, yeah, like, the, you know, the government is like not on our side. Like, yeah, man, of course. Yeah. And then he like somehow goes from there and just says, yes, yeah, why we got to we got to arm up and, and, you know, and wipe out like leftists. I'm like, what? <laughs> What the fuck? Oh my and, god. Yeah, it's yeah, like, that's... what? And so, like, this is what I'm fucking talking about. Like, this is the kind of shit that's, like, normal. This guy thought it was an normal to bring up strangers that he has no idea what they actually believe in to be like, yeah, I, I want to encourage straight up political yeah. violence on people. That's yeah. what I want. And this no, is it... not the first, this is not the first and or the last I've heard of this, right? Like the, no, you're you know. you're 100 right. I I've, yeah. I've encountered that. You know, again, working in the environment that I've uh, I have worked in, um, without betraying too much about my own experience, and like I remember, I was buying either ammo or like a safe or something from someone that worked in my own shop, and and he was just like, "All right, so it's going to be this price plus theft, which is what he called tax." Yeah, yeah, yeah. real, real fucking like, original. Yeah, real fucking original. And so it's like, you know, the only, all he had to say was, you know, oh, this is theft instead of tax. And I could immediately tell that this dude is like some like right wing libertarian yeah. type, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it's it's so ridiculous. It's mm -hmm. it's not they don't even attempt to hide it at all. And no, one, no, not at the, all. One of the big things that always stands out to me, and I think I wrote a little blurb about this um, on my, like, I don't know, Facebook or something, is, like, going back to this idea of everything related to the gun industry being kind of focused on ideas of fear-mongering yep. and, you know, alienating some group, is that the entire industry is propped up by the by the idea, at, at least on the, like, defensive slash tactical shooting that you're going to have to shoot somebody that looks different than you. Yep. Um, sometimes that's, that's uh, like in the case of oh, what's, what are they called? Uh, I have a whole bunch of screenshots on my phone. I'll have to revisit this, but some tactical organization or, or, you know, veterans owned business is like, you know, sipping on uh, Bahamas, and kissing mamas and killing osamas or clapping osamas and they're very clearly you know white veterans that are talking yeah. about shooting middle eastern people yep because that's what they were trained to do yeah. right and yeah and they dehumanize people from southwest asia north africa and um they also uh in in this case they sold they sold a lot of the you know rhodesian breaststroke oh yeah camouflage oh, yeah. so so they're uh uh, for for the listeners, we refer to them as Rodiboos, which means that they support the uh, the Rhodesian colonial settler colonial state, which uh, doesn't exist anymore. And I can yep. tell you that it's not because their camouflage was effective, but because they got destroyed by national. Because they fucking wars. lost. They <laughs> suck. Yeah, they suck. Um, 
but yeah so like i i um there's a holster company i bought a holster from for my uh for one of my pistols and they uh they also like to focus on uh rhodesian camouflage and they even made um uh what was it pinaflage is what they called it so uh a phallic oriented camouflage pattern that showed uh, a whole bunch of like i'm just gonna say it outright a whole bunch of flaccid dicks uh, organized into the shape of camouflage specifically in the rhodesian brushstroke camouflage pattern what the fuck yeah i i know that's that's the only response i had was what the fuck uh, who, who buys it, this and thinks it looks good is my question like oh, i'm gonna I, I want this i want people to publicly perceive me wearing this like what yeah the it, shit? Well, exactly so so i i think that maybe freud might have some useful insights into this phenomenon but i'm not gonna go there because i'm not <laughs> super well versed in uh in freud's uh, psychoanalysis but um i don't know there's there's just this really strange culture within uh within the gun industry where like that shit support of ethno-nationalist yep. apartheid uh states and yep. apartheid institutions is considered to be like cool and okay yeah and very good point i'm glad you brought that up too because that again that is everywhere in the gun world all weapons manufacturers and and clo tactical clothing uh, companies they all make some stupid fucking rhodesian brushstroke camo whatever the fuck and it's like the cool thing to do whatever and like people don't understand the significance behind that and why it's just a dog whistle for supporting fascism like white supremacy because rhodesia was literally a settler let's use a settler colonial state of a bunch of like white uh europeans go going into a continent that's not theirs and being propped up by you know outside state funding to go and just hey we're gonna rule this area now and it's ours it's really you know bullshit yeah. so it's like why you know why would you uh support that right you'd have to be deep down inside realizing what that is what it stands for right and yeah it's everywhere aero precision makes that fucking stupid like oh limited release rhodesian you know uh, a cerakote job or whatever the fuck right it's it's everywhere and you get guys like larry vickers who is like overtly like you know Larry Vickers goes back at home at night and just jerks off to Rhodesia. He just does it every oh night. My God. <laughs> he's like he's talking about it on his channel all the time. He goes on Forgotten Weapons talking about uh the Rhodesian FNFAL with Ian and being all like it's like, oh yeah, it's like look look how great this is. And it's it's such yep. a shame. It's such a shame what happened to Rhodesia. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, why do you have such a weird heart on for a fucking white supremacist state? And Again, I always tell people this, like, look at the kinds of people who support a certain thing. Like, what right. do they believe in? What What is their behavior like? What do they do? Like, overwhelmingly, you have all these uh, hyper roadie boys. They're fucking assholes. Just bottom line assholes. Yeah. Right? It's, well, it's the, so fucking ridiculous. There's a really, um, a really big intersection between the, the idea of the roadie boy and the uh, boogaloo movement which uh if you are not familiar with what that is basically like right-wing anti-government like i don't know political ideology that focuses on uh killing or, or performing violence against the state um but again focused on a like a right-wing 
um i don't know perspective I, mm-hmm. do you have a better definition maybe for what the the boogaloo movement is so okay so boogaloo movement it's really stems all heavily from meme culture right but what does that refer to boogaloo refers to this idea that uh shit hits the fan governments toppled whatever and people it's everyone's for themselves and all the gun people fantasize about it because again gun a lot of people in the gun industry and, and, and gun owners as a whole fantasize over the idea of of having that excuse to kill people having that excuse to be Oh, I'm I'm such a badass, you know, high speed, low drag operator. That that just is like their fantasy come true. Their excuse to basically, oh, there's no more rules. I can go kill whoever I want to kill, right? Right. Whatever, right? And it, it's oh, it's overwhelmingly being like uh uh been co opted and or like leaned towards a bunch of right wingers, right? And that's why they they have their own like uh subculture of where they wear like Hawaiian shirts or whatever, right? and to support this idea and so there is a big crossover it's not all but i would say for the most part it, it really is like your typical white supremacist and or fascist with the boogaloo quote-unquote yeah. move movement i wouldn't call them movements it's a bunch of idiots sure. where memes yeah. got too serious yeah. but yeah well my my impression of it is that there's like a lot of proud boys and uh, patriot front and other types from the existing white supremacist movement that kind of fall into the boogaloo category if you will um yep but yeah i i don't know there it's it's a mess i will say this that people always talk about like oh the violence of antifa or left wingers or whatever yeah because of their anti-police anti-capitalist rhetoric you know the people that have actually like assassinated law enforcement come from the right-wing boogaloo movement and it has not been leftists that yep. have been out in the streets assassinating people. Yeah, I just I just want to point that out. Yeah, well, that's never like you 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 be in this industry longer than five minutes, and you constantly hear shit like this. So it's like yeah, it's antifa. Oh, oh my god! Like I have heard from people, right, trainers, whatever the fuck, openly talk about fantasizing assembling a crew to go and yeah. like take out uh, protesters, right. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you ask yourselves, okay, they're so dangerous, but you you're over here plotting assassinations, right? Or at least entertain the idea of one, right? I I have heard from people who uh fucking um industry like uh, influencer types just straight up, and you can you know go on uh what's his fucking face um military arms channel. That dude's yeah. unhinged. If you if you look at any of the, the his social media posts, that dude's unhinged. Like that guy has has openly stated about like, oh like I'm gonna take out these fucking leftists or whatever, these protests or whatever hell, right? These anti governors right. right? It's like, oh yeah. yeah, that's a stable motherfucker that we should be looking up to, right? Yeah, here's here is a an example of a well adjusted adult in yeah. our society. <laughs> yeah, very, very um, well adjusted. On the topic of the the YouTubers or the gun tubers, as as we refer to them within our, uh, you know, gun milieu, I guess. Um, what about like, uh, forgive me on the butcherings of these pronunciations, but like Grand Thumb or Hickok, yeah, uh, forty five or you know, how about those types? Like they're they all they don't, yeah, they're all assholes. Don't get me wrong, and they they don't necessarily come out in, um transparent openness yeah of you know these shitty political objectives and ideas but like grand thumb 
there's something about Grant Thumb, this dude who's like an Air Force. He's either in the Air Force or is an Air Force veteran. He was an Air Force SEER trainer. That's right. So, okay, was, so he kind not anymore, but yeah, kind kind of comes from within the like special operations ish world of the Air Force, and like this dude, I can't tell you if I've seen more dog whistles for like racist yeah. ideas. Yeah, because and... because because Grand Thumb again, he's just number one. He's a grifter. The guy will just do whatever it fucking takes to be popular. He knows he's a meme now, so he he just he went full tilt on it. What he yeah. did. So like. Every stupid opening is like a, it's like a, a dog whistle, just like a trans joke, right? It, yeah. Like ladies, you know, it, it's like ladies, gentlemen, and like uh, not you know, not to be forgotten by me, uh, uh, hel- Apache helicopters or bullshit, you know, just, oh just straight up like dog whistle, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, no, he's a shithead too. That guy, that guy's a total fucking shithead. I mean, what he's one of the greatest supporters of T Rex arms. Let's put that yeah. in perspective, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay, Get that's straight fair. up, buddy, buddy, right? Grand thumbs comment sections are riddled with fucking dipshits. Why well, he always says, uh, the comment section is out of control. It's just like, you're just saying like, oh, I, you support every uh, sack of shit like, that comes into comments and says whatever. Like, if someone comes in there in your comments and is providing just some level of feedback and then someone replies with a fucking racial slur, it's okay with Grantham, right? He can't, he can't control his comments, guys, because that's a thing. You just can't control your comments. You know? It's fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, the Hickok, all of them, like even even he, he would understand even your most innocuous appearing gun influencer type or whatever is nine times out of ten a right wing dipshit. Like they voted Trump, they yeah. don't they don't care about helping gay people or or believe in equal rights for them. They will certainly never lift a finger for uh, brown kids being locked up. The usual, like that's what they believe in. They don't care, right? They come from a completely different side. Uh, from where you and I would come from, right? So, yeah. like, uh, too many people out there, and this happens a lot with just people in general. Don't do not put your personal stake, your per, your emotional labor on an individual in this industry because more than likely they're fucking assholes, right? Yeah, just don't take what you can learn from them. Of course, fine. Equipment stuff, reviews, maybe some training tips. Okay, fine, but do not for a second believe they're good people. Yeah. Yeah, I I know that, especially coming from the training world, um, I take whatever lessons I can from the people who have like the special forces experience Mm -hmm. or or even like SWAT experience, because at the end of the day, those people are trained to use guns in a technically proficient manner. Mm -hmm. So like you accept the lessons from them that are relevant to shooting with with technical proficiency, but then you have to figure out a way to separate uh that that training from like oh by the way um you know here's the racialized target for your shooting so like something that i i've noticed within the gun industry is that uh, and again this once this once again ties into the fear and the alienation of some other racialized group so there's often this idea that you carry a gun because you have to shoot like violent thugs or violent felons yep. or whatever. And like, I, there's no way to, to get around the fact that when you say a violent thug or a violent felon, you are specifically referring to a black or a brown skinned individual who, regardless of their actual criminal, um, I don't know, record, which is really irrelevant because like, yeah, 
because of the ways that black and brown people get incarcerated in this country um you are creating this this mental picture for people who use guns of who they're going to shoot yeah you never talk about like oh you're going to shoot some white dude that decided he's going to try to come and do or someone a friend or a family member because right because we we talk about like you know we're a you're more likely to be attacked depending like say if you're like a woman a lot of times yeah. it happens to people that you know maybe oh yeah that you get your you, you areas you frequent or whatever right absolutely and that's yeah. a that's a a harsh very brutal reality then they, they don't even want to talk about right right yeah like if if you are regardless of well i don't want to say regardless because i don't know that the the statistics have been controlled for various racial um or demographic uh i guess considerations but like all things considered you are more likely to be assaulted or harmed by somebody that you are personally familiar with a friend yep. or a family member yep than you are some random stranger that broke in in the middle of the night to come and do yeah. whatever it is they're going to do yeah but that's not the narrative that is it's that is perpetrated almost never through. a narrative yeah right you know, instead of going on those actually established statistics and, you know, yeah. kind of more factual evidence, it's always, you know, oh, you're going to be assaulted by violent thugs, the yes. violent Antifa thugs that are breaking yeah. into your house in the middle yeah. of the night. To come like, in. oh, they're stopping your car. They're going to they're going to pull you out of your car. You got to prepare to kill them. I've heard that a lot. Right. right. And like, you know, statistically speaking, there is a the smallest almost negligible likelihood that that happens if you happen to be driving and trying to you know attempting to drive through like a protest line like yeah you might get pulled out of your car but why are you driving through that protest line anyway why are you the antagonistic piece of shit let's ask that question right and like yeah to your to your point like um what what about domestic abuse households what 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 about like you know for a lot of women who get firearms because they, you know, they have to live with someone or trying to escape maybe a, a, an abuser, right? Mm-hmm. Someone they personally know or whatever. That's not really, that's not really a conversation I've ever heard really spoken right. about, right? And it's like you said, like how you train is the mindset that ends up developing. And so if you're always training this idea uh, of of an external force, someone not personally known to you, you're it's at the service, in my opinion, right? In terms of yeah. a, a realistic training mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, they don't, they don't utilize the statistics. They don't utilize any sort of uh, research based analysis. They re- resort to fear mongering and they, they want to create a specific uh, idea or narrative as to who is going to be the biggest threat to you. Because otherwise how, like, like the, the industry, I think we've probably established at this point that it is, it is upheld by, global capitalism and white supremacy and so you know if if there is anything that falls outside of that narrative it's not going to fly mm-hmm. and yeah. like so they so within the industry they uphold these things and um you know they they play into racialized uh fears they play into class-based fears like it's going to be the poor excuse me the poor black and brown people that are coming to deal 
what is rightfully yours yeah because you feel that you are entitled to some greater level of wealth yeah. compared and where, to where have people. we heard that before right we've heard that's like the the fucking narrative is oldest time when it comes to white gun owners um yeah. it's a really good point about that like the training side of it purely from the training side in, in this sort mm -hmm. of industry um i have been in classes right and i'm sure you have many people can agree with me as well that like the instructor just overtly just pours their fucking political bias in there and like you have to understand, like if you're if you're at the position of being the teacher or whatever, and you're pushing in your own beliefs or whatever, you have a certain level of influence on people, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if it's impressionable first-time gun owners, right? So if yeah. you're always pushing your own biases in there, you're you're doing uh, you you're just wanting to put out people that look and act like you. Right. Right. That's not, that's not really your fucking job as a gun yeah. uh, firearms instructor. And like, yeah, it's like during or right after George Floyd protests or whatever. And you'll hear them like you have to worry about uh, people coming to your car and pulling you out. Right. And then, and then it's like this idea. Again, it's always an external boogeyman. They have to just you know prepare for because again it's the idea of dehumanizing you to how it can't possibly be someone that you know that's, that's trying to fucking murder you right or it can't oh, yeah. possibly be a family member or something like that or it can't be, possibly be someone that you see all the time or whatever right because that would break the narrative and and you can't we as humans don't want to go that that distance right sure and uh like. You know, in the, the, those training classes, it's like not, not it's not an opportunity to just you know push your shit. Yes, you're pushing out training methods, so it's not an opportunity to push like your political take on current events. Like, what is that shit? And it happens all the fucking time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, here's another thing: Hawk, you know, you are statistically more likely to have a cop draw a gun on you. I would argue than say like. Mm, uh, some guy breaking into your home or whatever, or having a violent in, uh, encounter with a cop at a traffic stop or something like that, right? Depending yeah. on your race and depending where you where you live, uh, where is any of the training conversation with that, right? Right. How come? How come in in, in these in these uh, self defense firearms classes we're not talking about what if the cop is unlawfully trying to take my gun away or unlawfully uh, arresting me over or uh, is assaulting me or assaulting someone that's Oh wait, we can't talk about that. Those are people we make money off of, right? Right. Let's yeah, be yeah. honest about there. Oh, cops are always good. They can't. They can do no wrong. Oh no. Oh, it's only a few bad apples, so it's not worth putting that to a curriculum, right? Sure. Yeah, that's absolutely one hundred percent correct. So, like in my state, um, there is there is a codified legal requirement that if a a law enforcement officer asks for you to present your concealed pistol license you are legally required to show that but there is nothing stating that um you are actually obligated to indicate whether or not you have a firearm on you mm -hmm. that's just based purely on like the way that the statute is written now you're going to get a lot of different philosophies and perspectives as to whether or not you should you should reveal or disclose that information but like you know what has not been covered in any of the classes i've been involved in is that topic whether or not you should disclose to cops yeah because the idea is always we're going to teach you the legalities of when you are okay to shoot people and then what to do when the cops show up and how you're supposed to interact with the cops once you've already shot someone because they were you know presenting whatever threat in you know oh you feared for your life so yeah. once you've already pulled the trigger then this is how you talk to cops but they don't cover yeah that, they don't they don't dynamic. cover the moment the moment interactions and right the, um 
like I've seen videos of being like, oh, you know, this is you just gotta be super cooperative. But then I've heard it it's, I've heard inconsistent information. I've heard it from people being like, uh, don't don't tell the cop unless specifically asked whether or not you're carrying a gun or not, because you don't want to startle them, right? Right. And and what 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 the overarching uh trend here is that it's just we gotta do whatever we can to, to baby the police officer. The guy who has the legal right to put a bullet in your fucking face, whether or not you were a threat or not. Right. Whether right. or not they oh, yeah. is based on they perceive you being a threat. Okay, yeah. how many videos do we have to look at of someone doing absolutely nothing wrong or not even remotely threatening and they get blasted, right? Oh yeah. This this is not to them, it's not even something worth even talking about and putting into there. And it's just disgusting. This is not helping gun owners. Right. This is not this is not building a generation of people that are well versed in what can really happen to you. Sure. No, absolutely. And like I think a good a good thing that kind of betrays that pattern is like so again in my state legally speaking if I pull my gun and I point it at someone I'm committing a criminal offense likely at the felony level right um you know if if I'm pulling my gun to utilize lethal force it has to be because I felt that my life was at risk or you know I had to meet the legal conditions to utilize lethal force against another human Whereas cops can fucking pull their gun and point it at you. Willy fucking nilly. Willy, willy nilly. And it doesn't matter if they actually feared for their life. If they, they often use it as a method of control. Yep. Even if it's not necessarily, um, well, I don't want to say legally justified for the cops because cops are immune from any sort of like prosecution these days. But um, the the civilian standards for concealing a gun and utilizing that that concealed gun are very different from what cops can do and cops have a pretty uh liberal license to to use force yeah like one of the most egregious videos i've ever seen with police shootings like just one of many obviously but this this one was particularly disgusting and i don't think it's talked about enough um a man named daniel uh shaver if you watch the cams on the cop or whatever that was there, this cop comes in there with an AR pointing mm. at this guy. And and the guy is doing every single command he tells him to do. He's on his knees, his hands up to the sky, hands back at the head. And the enti- he's literally crying. He is crying his fucking eyes out because he believes he's going to die, right? Because... Nothing he does matter. The cop's not calming down. A cop keeps screaming at him. A cop keeps giving him contradictory orders, right? No. Come closer. Don't come closer. Get up. Don't get up, right? Like, what the fuck do you want him to do, right? And he blasts him for no fucking reason. No this gun is, whatsoever. 2017. This that, yeah, this is that video of the, the pest control guy that got killed because he was yes. doing his job yep. as a pest control, like, technician, and then the cops showed up and decided that yep. they needed to like micromanage. Yeah. They needed yeah. to psychologically torture and then murder a man for no fucking reason. And yeah. what happened to the cop? Next to fucking nothing. The usual, the same that usually happens. Oh, he gets moved around different departments or whatever. Uh, yeah. Still allowed to work or whatever. No jail time, certainly. Right? Oh, of course not. Yeah. And so, then, and yeah. then back to the industry side of things. Like, not a single industry voice called out this cop. No, when God, clearly, God, no, yeah. <laughs> clearly, it wasn't even, like, a good shoot. Like, uh, that's that's the language that a lot of people in the industry use. They'll say, like, 
oh, you know, was it a good shoot? Oh, yeah, because here's why. Yeah. And they'll try to justify from a bootlicker's perspective why it was okay for a human being to lose their life over over a cop's, you know, erroneous perception of a situation. Yeah. Over a cop's weird fucking need for violence more than half right. the time. Right? And like that is. The, the police, the police commit this ridiculous level of violence against their fellow citizens or civilians or whoever simply because they feel like they're you know maybe in some cases they feel like they're untouchable in other cases maybe they feel that they were at risk and they don't see their position as one that is an inherently risky uh endeavor mm -hmm. and so they they feel justified in ending perceived risks regardless of the the truthfulness of that i guess that statement um yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. It's no, just, you're, it, you're fine. It's, it's shitty. I, I, will, I would 100% say that the industry kind of upholds that. And, and even in the training side, the industry will specifically point out how the cops are a separate entity, legally speaking, from the civilian citizen yep. shooter. Yep. And yet will not condemn it. They will simply say, oh, by the way, the cops have this license to kill that you do not have. Yep. And uh, so here's the license you have to use force. Yep. And that's you that's have to that. accept the fact that these people live in a different world above you. Right. Yeah. They, they don't oh, want yeah. to really address the, the why. Right. You'll hear gun people and, and like uh, uh, trainers tell you, like after you're into critical incident or whatever, and you call, you do not panic and tell the whole story to a dispatch or police that show up on scene you tell them the right. bare minimum details and you get your lawyer you shut the fuck up and you get your yeah. lawyer right they right. even tell you that because they tell you that they can use what you say against you in court right, right. it's the, it's the one yeah. time they understand the nature of police yes the one time they understand it is when it's a life or death situation right but then outside of this they just there's no questioning it why yeah. is it okay for that cop to just take what you say uh, purposely out of context to use it against you in court. Why Why do you accept that, right? What the fuck? And you're going to tell me they're on your side. Like, okay. All right, bro. Thank you. Thank you for your yeah. service. Yeah, fuck yourself. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. The last point that I want to bring up about the industry before transitioning over to um, the discussion of, like, the left and mm -hmm. how the left kind of falls into this. Mm-hmm is like so we we mentioned a little bit about how like law enforcement and the military kind of uphold the industry but how much do law enforcement and military uh related affairs influence the industry because the people come from there so so i guess um, oh i'm sure a lot yeah yeah so so for example so like I have a military background. I, I'm not going to say that I learned how to shoot like some tier one operator in the military, but I, I certainly learned how to shoot a rifle. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, if I wanted to, I could completely milk my status as veteran. Oh, yeah. To say that, like, oh, I, you know, I know how to shoot because I'm a veteran, despite yeah. the fact I've never I've never shot, a, uh, you know, never shot my rifle in combat or in anger. Uh, even though I was deployed to a combat zone, I just never had the situation where I needed to. And I, I am thankful every day that I didn't have to use force against another person while working for an imperialist military. Right. Um, but like, there are so many people that come from like, oh, you know, retired SWAT officer or retired special forces, whoever. Yeah. And like, how much of that drives a lot of this industry where it's like, 
because I am some sort of high level special forces operator or retired out of that, what level of expertise does that confer upon me? And, and really what level of like, like how, how much can I make a claim that I'm an expert and the public just fucking eats it up? Oh yeah. They gobble up the narrative because, you know, Oh, I was a Delta force operator in Somalia and I participated in the, in the deaths of, you know, at least 19 U S servicemen. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so it's 19 servicemen. And then I think that the numbers are disputed um with the number of somali citizens yeah, or, yeah. or the somali civilians that were killed yes. but i've heard anywhere from like at least a thousand to like ten thousand somalis were killed from the bombardment and the military it. actions that were going yeah. on at the time i believe and it's it. like like i don't know it's how how can i turn my participation in that into like the public eating up whether or not yeah. i'm qualified to say when you can shoot a, somebody that's robbing right. you or trying to break in right. and like pillage your house and yeah or you know whatever yeah to, to answer like your point you know your question you know, alejandro like there's a huge obviously like my monumental overlap between uh propping your like propping yourself up as a figure of authority or or you know uh, an expert whatever based upon your past military law enforcement experience all the time how many classes can you point in your local area right now where it says uh, and their resume, former SWAT officer, former Marine, former uh, uh, SEAL, whatever the fuck, right? Yes, granted, some those skills can matter, right, depending on certain things. But they, it's so overinflated. Like, I mm-hmm. cannot tell you how many how many times that's overinflated. Like, you being a Marine does not necessarily translate to you being an expert in civil affairs after shooting a, a citizen, right? right. Or, um, like why they they all it's all about leveraging that right it's being a seal is a brand name right being a an operator is a brand name it's a it's a resume right. builder when it comes to working in here and so so like when you start running a a, a weapons uh manufacturing company or a gun accessory company or something like you know, a clothing brand or whatever you leverage that you milk the shit out of that background like look at uh fucking victos right it's like yeah. if you go to their shot show stuff the victos guy's like yeah as a cia operator i needed clothing that was you know discreet but still useful so that's why i put in my input on this clothing right it's like realistically is that really where this clothing came from i highly doubt it right? right um because i'll tell you right now i own some of that clothing not some of it's not the most robust robust stuff i'll tell you that right yeah. now um and and so like you know 511s like that too right you have tim kennedy's a fucking poster boy like oh i'm tim kennedy and i can do uh you know jumps and squats in these jeans i have a uh I have not personally had too much of an issue with some of these, but I've heard so many people have torn jeans from 511 or whatever. But again, it's a brand builder. It does not oh, yeah. necessarily like translate the quality training or quality equipment, but you believe it because, well, these guys do this, do things that I'm not familiar with. I just have to believe it, right? So the entire right. industries are propped up by it. It's like, hi, I'm a... Blah blah blah. I'm I'm the founder of this sling company, and I I was involved uh-huh. in, the, in the Black Hawk Dawn. It's funny, yeah. Black Hawk Down, Operation Red Wings, where the Lone Survivor story comes from. It's like you can, it's like it's amazing how you can build an entire brand and success story based on horrendous military failures. 
where right. a ton of your own guys got killed because right. tactical errors were made or the higher ups made stupid decisions or whatever. And it's yeah. like you glorify the deaths of people around you, uh, to which now you are getting book deals and movie deals and 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 entire uh, company names made out of. It's it's oh, it's yeah. actually pretty disgusting when you think about this is their way of quote unquote honoring the falling, right? Right. Or or the people that are trying to you know prop up their name were actively engaged in fucking war crimes yep like yeah yeah i it's it's atrocious and i think the entire industry is just um what's the word morally corrupt yeah and like maybe they feel some sort of like internal consistency about their belief system but i think any reasonable outside observer especially coming from a leftist perspective or an anti-capitalist perspective is is almost required to recognize that all of these experiences and really the entire industry is built up on uh, settler colonial ideas about the world and imperialist ideas about the world and violence and you know it's not it's not violence to liberate people it is violence to uphold white supremacy and violence to uphold capitalism yeah at the end of the day, the the same people that run this industry are the same kinds of people that run, you know, uh, government institutions or uh, any other positions of power. They want to uphold their status quo. It's their privilege, yeah. right? That's oh, why, yeah. as we said earlier, they all have. They're all culturally speaking the exact same kind of person, right? And the second anyone tries to break that mold, like, and we're we're about to get that to a second, but like, say for instance, leftist gun companies or leftist influencer types, they're immediately ostracized and demonized because you're no longer part of that, and you you yep. now directly are taking away their position of power, being the only voice to be heard in that sort of industry, right? So yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. guess we'll end it on that. Gringo, go home. Los obreros de América Latina te dicen, gringo, go home, yankee, go home.